Hey guys, and welcome back to the final episode of Keep Calm and Carry On. I can't believe we're at the end. It's been so incredible. I have loved every second. And thank you for coming along this journey with me. It's been amazing to hear so many stories and also hear your reviews and what you've thought about, which stories, who you've liked the best, which story you've been surprised by. It's just been brilliant i've loved it so thank you so so much so to our final episode well this lady you will all know from way back on our tv screens with the big breakfast our beautiful blonde smiley bubbly presenter she's done it all musicals being on television being a judge You've seen her dancing on Strictly. Oh, is there anything she hasn't done? I got the pleasure to work with this lovely lady on a show called Sweet Charity a few years ago now at the Cadogan Hall and we shared a dressing room and she was just adorable and I had to chat to her. So as our season finale, here is the gorgeous Denise Van Alten. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. I'm so excited to actually see another face, I think, in this crazy lockdown time. But thank you so much for coming on. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. And I've been really looking forward to it because just like you, being stuck at home, being mum, you know, and just yeah. thinking it's nice to just see a friendly, familiar face. So thank oh, you. Oh, how, how are you feeling? I mean, how has lockdown affected you? Has it been a bit crazy? Because you're always so busy. It must be so strange to suddenly have you know, so much time at home, which is rare for us. It's so rare. And you know what? This year, more than any year, was when my diary was completely booked out, like literally till the end of the year. Yeah. I just started doing my cabaret show at Proud. That's I was right. two weeks in, really loving it, just kind of finding my groove with the show. And I had an inkling, because I've, I've got friends in Spain and also friends in Italy. So I kind of knew this lockdown was coming yeah. before when everybody was saying it will never happen here, they won't do it. I said to some of the dancers on the show, I said, I, think, I don't even think we'll be here next week. And I was so sure of it that I cleared my dressing room the week before it was announced about the lockdown. And then lo and behold, thank goodness that I did because I'd got everything home. Yeah. Then they had the lockdown and I wouldn't be been able to go back and get all my things. So, yeah, it was quite bizarre. I think the initial shock of it, the first week I found the hardest. Yeah. Because I think I was missing, the, you know what it's like when you perform, I was missing seeing my friends, yeah. missing the show. You know, I had lots of friends who booked to come and see it. So yeah, I felt like yeah. I was letting them down, not being there. And just, yeah, it just felt very, very strange. Um, but Betsy, my daughter's needed attention, was still in school. So we kind of had a bit of normality, a bit of yeah. I wasn't going to work. But I think once the school's closed, yeah. then... <laughs> It was a real, like, reality check. And I yeah. I think now I'm a bit more comfortable with it, but it mm. was a real shock at the beginning. And also fear, because yes. we, none of us knew what was going on. And I did, like everybody else in the country, I probably spent about 48 hours glued to the TV watching the news and completely yeah. freaked myself out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, and also for especially for shows I mean how dramatically it hit the West End I mean everybody seemed to go into work to do the warm-up and got sent home at six o'clock and I think like doing a show must have been tough and especially for some of the younger members perhaps in the company you know that that's 
that's really scary because it might be some of their first jobs. It might be, you know, for early on in their career. And then to suddenly be told to go home and not not have any idea about when it's going to come back, what's going to happen. And, and also financially as well, because a lot of them, it, it, it's early days for them. So they're kind of Absolutely. living... And a lot of my friends who are not in show business, some of them have kind of been able to carry on working. Like my other half is a city guy. So a lot of his friends are still broken from home and set up a little office in their house. But, you know, for us, for entertainers, um, we've got the social media side of things, but you can't. What, what, what do you do? You can't you do anything. Yeah. Nothing. So you're just sitting waiting. And yeah, it's. I do really feel for a lot of young actors and, yeah. you know, I'm just praying it doesn't go on for too long. So, so with you, is, do you think it's kind of, are your, is your stuff, I mean, like mine, mine's just being postponed and they kind of are being very generous with early next year or kind of, is that with you the same? Is Are you just getting different dates? Is it happen, How is that working? Well, tomorrow we're supposed to be setting off to do a show for the BBC, which involved a lot of travelling. That's being postponed. So I right. do think that will happen. The Proud show, it's a cabaret show. I've, um, I spoke to Alex Proud. We can pick that up again later in the year. And, you know, I'm not worried about that because, again, it's a cabaret show. All the acts every night were completely different. So it's not set in stone. You know, we, we can be flexible with that. We can adapt it. We can even make it into a Christmas show if you want Yeah, to. yeah. Um, a lot of my other work this year was, which I'd never done before, and I was really looking forward to, I had um, a residency on a cruise ship. Oh, so, amazing. I <laughs> no. So I don't know when that's going to happen. And, of course, I wouldn't want to get stuck on a cruise ship and not be able to get home. So I really need to be sure that we're 100% safe to be able to go back and, and work. But, it, you know, it is what it is. I think yeah. the thing is, you and I, we've, we've kind of been working for years. So we're quite lucky in a way that we can kind of pick up and put down our careers and take yeah. a little bit of time out. But like you said, for a lot of other actors, I, might, I really do feel for them because it's a really, really tough time. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't know what the answer is going to be at the moment. I know one thing: I've stopped watching the news. Oh, <laughs> and you know, we've done the same thing just recently because it was just, it was getting too stressful, and it was especially yeah. for people like us in in this industry. It's so difficult because it's too stressful. So, yeah. uh, nice glass of wine and <laughs> no exactly. news. <laughs> I mean, I do try and catch up on the daily. You know, when they give the reports sort of early, yeah, evening, just so I know exactly I'm in the loop. Yeah, as for the rest of it, and sadly, you know. Um, which Boris did say this would happen, that we would all possibly end up knowing someone or losing someone. And we, we yeah. lost a close family friend over a week oh. ago. Oh, I'm uh, so sorry. I know, it's awful. It's my friend's dad. So that's oh. been really horrible. And again, a real wake-up call and a real yeah. moment of going, do you know what? Okay, so maybe I'm not going to be working for, you know, three, four months. Perhaps, you know, we won't have as much money to spend and... But I'm still very, very lucky that at the moment my parents are in good health. They're isolating. You know, my friend's dad was all he was do, trying to do was provide for his family and go and continue to go to work. Yeah. And I'm thinking caught the virus. And I think that's the reality check that we have to say. As long as we're all safe, you know, we can we can find other ways to entertain ourselves. That's and it. That's it. I mean, for, I, I always think that this is this almost a, a reset. And uh, I think it's it's really difficult, especially, you know, like yourself you have a have a family you have Betsy you know you have to balance this kind of work and and family life which is which is really difficult I mean I find it the the biggest challenge and and you do so much stuff I mean I think we're kind of probably a little bit blessed that we're in isolation or else I probably wouldn't get hold of you because you're super busy <laughs> but I, 
how 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 do you kind of balance that? Do you put special time in? Do you make sure that you have holidays with Betsy, or do you, do you work? Does your work kind of dominate, and then you find those gaps, or how does how does that work? Do you know what, Kerry? I spent because I was pretty much a single mum for five years, and it was just the two of us. And I did make a lot of sacrifices. I mean, I think everybody knows I've got a really good relationship with Betsy's dad, Lee. Yeah. And Lee was obviously in Holby into Casualty and musicals and toured with Chitty. And I'd always said to him, because when we met, I'm, I'm seven years older and I felt like I had seven years ahead of him with my career. So I was a bit like, okay, well, I'll take a bit of a backseat, let you go and do everything. I'll be a hands-on mum. And yeah. I did take down a lot of work and I was quite... I had to be picky about what I committed myself to. So it'd have to be short runs in things. I stopped really doing West End shows because it was yes. always a minimum so commitment. Of like, you know, six months, I was like, I can't do it. I'm a single yes. parent. I need to be home to put my daughter to bed. So that was always really tough. I feel like this year, what was supposed to happen was I was picking everything up again because Betsy's got to an age where she fully understands, you know, she's you know not self-sufficient because she's obviously only 10 but she's she's able to sort of entertain herself and she's to be honest with you at this stage they start to be far more interested in their friends than they do right yes. now. <laughs> um, so I, I felt like it was the right age to kind of pick my career up again and then lo and behold this happened but um, yeah. yeah it's finding the balance and I do think that I've I have found a good balance over the years I, I've I've been very careful about what I choose to do Sometimes the detriment of my own career because I've turned down things that perhaps could have kept my profile up at certain times of my career or there would have been what would be considered a good career choice by an agent or but yeah. for me it just never felt right and you know just short stints in things but I've enjoyed spending time with Betsy and you know I even I know everyone's freaking about the homeschool thing but we homeschooled <laughs> Betsy for a year last year oh did you yeah because we moved house and I was stressing about schools, moved to an area that I don't know. Betsy also has a couple of learning problems like dyslexia and dyscalculia. So she, I wanted to find the right school. And my mum suggested, she said, why don't you just homeschool her for a year yeah. to find the right school? And it was the best decision I ever made. So when people were freaking about the homeschool thing, I was like, we've done it. We've yeah. kind of going back to what we did before. It's so a it's completely hard. different thing, isn't it? I mean, I guess they're getting kind of intense time with you and their learning is, is intense because at school there's you know there's a lot of other children so it's I guess it's a yeah. very different well yeah I mean our homeschooling is very different <laughs> four and a six-year-old <laughs> oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying I'm the worst teacher I've no patience oh, so I'm I'm awful. <laughs> she does, when we were homeschooling before she'd have tutors who would come and help her with you know different subjects but yeah I'm useless I'm literally like thinking, oh, when is this over? Oh, and, I've got, yeah. and, and, so, and some of it I can't even do. And she's like nine and I'm looking at it and thinking, <gasps> I can't remember how to do this. Yeah, it's funny. It's funny. Like the maths especially, because I'm terrible at maths anyway. I'm terrible at maths. And I have to call Eddie in because he's a city boy. <laughs> so he can do it. And I'm like, and he's like, babe, seriously, do you not know what <laughs> I'm trying to do this? And I'm like, I can't think, I can't think. No, but I can sing a song. <laughs> yeah. I'm like that with the boys. Should we, should we, should we sing something? Should we do something? Yeah. They're like, no. Let's just make it fun. But it's oh. been really nice. And I always try to be, remain positive, even though it's a terrible situation. I really hope that some good comes out of all of this. Yeah. I hope people learn to, all of us, you know, just spend time with family and like Eddie even said to me you know we've been together six years we've sat down to eat together every evening and he said I can't remember when we we've done this and actually sat and had a meal not felt rushed 
and I'm not rushing to get Betsy in the bath to get up and you know for school and just to be relaxed and it's been really lovely that's so not yet yeah, we've had exactly the same thing and and I mean I, I can't remember we don't sit down and have dinner we probably have breakfast all together and that's the main meal and that's been really nice and really kind of normal as such and and, and a nice gear change but I guess moving on to something a bit brighter <laughs> um I mean, I say a bit brighter. I mean, I want the reason I wanted to do this podcast was because I've been talking recently about like the when you do something massive and you've done endless, huge things throughout your career. I mean, so many highlights with TV and theatre and film and and the the, the kind of downtime, the the aftermath, like when you've done something huge, like performed in a massive arena or something, and then you. You come off that and coming out of spending lots of time with amazing people like theatre, we're thrown together and we become a family very quickly. And then you're kind of wrenched away from it. And then, you know, you're going on to the next job. But that interim time I find so interesting because for me, I wanted to kind of talk about how I find that difficult. And I think it's a it's a very privileged place to be, you know, that I've performed in these lovely places and then had these had these emotions. But I think relating to people on every level of when you have this massive high adrenaline and then you have this massive love or perhaps aftermath, if you like, and just wanted to talk to people about it. And yeah, yeah. it's kind of like that. The show blues is it's, it's strange. And it's amazing how many people like, you cry. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Like two days. And yeah. You, you have a group WhatsApp and you don't stop talking. Then about two weeks later, you've sort of moved on really quickly. I, I know, it's but it's quick. Yeah, it is. And I think it, or from speaking to various people, it's, it affects people in different ways. And especially on massive things like, like Strictly, for instance, something so, uh, huge or, or the mass singer that you did recently I loved you were so good oh it's so good but do you do you have that does it affect you does does it happen more on other on some things more than others yeah do you know what I've formed some amazing friendships out of doing different jobs and Strictly is a really good example because I knew Kimberly Walsh before but we became very very close on Strictly yeah. we rehearsed practically side by side we'd choose a studio so I'd be in one with my yeah. dance partner with Pasha and we'd have our coffees together and Aww. and we really formed a special bond and yeah something like the Masked Singer no because you don't even know who the other people are so yeah. that was kind of a bit of a filmed very quickly in a short space of time and over very quickly yeah um but yeah I do get I get really sucked in I've had to learn over the years because I'm very much an open person I I just want to be friends with everybody. And I, start, <laughs> I remember one of my closest friends who I grew up with, and she said to me, you need to start being a little bit more choosy, she said, because what you do is, and I'm so guilty of this, I start giving out my number to so many people. And, and then I start feeling really guilty afterwards that I can't, I haven't got the time to see everybody. So yeah. then I feel terrible. But um, yeah, so I've had to be, as the years have gone on, I've had to sort of learn and t- t- teach myself almost about, you know, that when something finishes... It is the end of a job and you move on to the next one. Yeah, yeah. I get so drawn into it and so emotional about everything. I mean, I remember when I did Chicago on my very last show, I don't think I could even see. It was awful. <laughs> you know the last show, people <laughs> come to watch it and they're yes. like, it's the last time she'll do it. And I couldn't even get the words out. And in your head, you're just thinking, this is just awful because yeah. it's, you know, I sound terrible and there's probably half the audience are 
probably tourists who don't even know that it's my last show and they've just got this woman on stage crying. oh like no I doubt it oh I bet you're amazing did you did you find it different like because you did you did it on Broadway as well didn't yeah. you did like the West End and Broadway with Chicago and did you find did you find it quite did you how did you find New York did did you take your family were you on your own I was on my own I went I loved it, probably one of the best experiences ever. And when I went, I remember a friend of mine who's a chef and he's quite known in America and he'd said to me, you won't really appreciate this moment until it's all over and you look back. And I really, at the time, you know, it was all very um, intense and the rehearsals were very quick and I'd been doing it in London then obviously um, going into the American show and then having to rehearse with a different um, Velma and different cast and... I think I, I had, had very little time to get ready for for America. Yeah. So I was quite stressed, and I'd also just come out of a relationship, so my head was all over the place. Yeah. I remember at the time saying to my best friend, "Look, can you come with me?" So she flew over with me for like the first three days because I was suddenly staying in this apartment and going and rehearsing. Yeah. And it was all overwhelming. And then I felt when my friend left, I felt completely on my own. And it was really weird because about the first week, I was still sort of getting over a broken heart and I was just a bit like, I don't care, I'm in New York on Broadway. <laughs> I just want to be in my bedroom, you know, under my duvet crying. But then <laughs> suddenly something happened. And I've, I, I know it sounds really cliche, but I sort of discovered myself because yeah. I'd been living my life always through relationships and everything was how that other person made me feel, very codependent, you know, it was always... Their mood was, you know, would be, I would be reactive to their mood with everything. Yeah. It was never about me, whereas this yeah. one moment in time, it was suddenly just about me and how I felt. And I just remember waking up in the morning thinking, I don't want to cry now. I just want to embrace being here and enjoy it. So I started doing things on my own because I didn't know anybody there. Yeah. And I made friends. And I, I went to, I used to go to Sardi's after the show. Yeah. And have <laughs> completely on my own. Then on my day off, I'd go to the cinema on my own and go to around Central Park on my own. And I started to meet people. In fact, a couple of people I'm still really good friends with. Um, and I just loved it. And then I just really loved being on my own. It was really weird. I suddenly thought, yes. I don't need somebody else to, you know, define who I am or to make me feel good. I can do it for myself. And I think that's why after doing Chicago, I ended up doing Tell Me on a Sunday because it was like the next step up, because that yes. was a show on my own. Yeah. And I just suddenly, I don't know, it was a, kind of this little, it sounds, you know, cliche, and I, I went on this kind of little spiritual journey. Uh, yeah. I loved it. And I really do think that, again, that was something quite horrible, a situation that wasn't great, a lot of good came out of it for me personally. Yeah. And I just loved myself, and I think I really grew up. It's, it's so interesting, because I had a very similar a similar situation I think it's obviously doing wicked there was the same thing kind of thrown there and suddenly you're on your own and you have to almost just learn to be okay and find your own own path and it it's a it can be a bit lonely which is really strange in such a busy crazy theatre hub exciting place but you can be quite lonely it's it's odd and I used to love and I'm sure you had the same thing I then would do, I'd always walk to the theatre. Yeah, I did, yeah. And I'd walk along and I'd sort of get the giggles to myself thinking, oh, Broadway. <laughs> yes. It's really funny. <laughs> and I just been thinking, I never in a million years thought this was going to happen. This yeah. was like the weirdest thing ever. Um, 
but yeah, it's and again, not until afterwards. No, I that's the same. That I literally thought, oh, God, I would love to go and do that again. Yeah, I'm um, exactly the same. An experience, and you know as well. There's something about shows in America, New York, that the audience like it was completely different to a London audience mm-hmm. where I played before because they were whooping and cheering and yeah you know it's like they were going to see some kind of concert almost yeah amazing atmosphere did you get the same was it a bit of relief for you as well because obviously you're such a household name here everybody knows who you are and if you walk out down the street obviously everybody knows you and 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 reaches out to you was it the same there or did you kind of feel that you got left alone a bit because obviously people would know you were there for the show but that's kind of a core um audience isn't it people the the, did you did you get the same response like out and about out out there um only because there was a lot at the time there was some british paps there so i got papped quite a bit so that was a bit i'd walk along and then you'd get four photographers and people wouldn't know who i was but they would be like well who's that yeah there was that to deal with and i think they'd focused on me especially because i'd gone through quite a high profile breakup yeah. So then, yes, that was the only side of it. But actually being able to go out and perform and not feel like I was being judged was really nice yeah. and quite liberating. Because in London, even when I did before my press night, as you know, you have your previews and then you have a press night. So you normally have a run-up into the part and yeah. just to bed it in. They, on my very first show, they all the, the press turned up. <gasps> and I had, and then, you know, and then I had a press night. So yeah, literally, yeah. I judged done it. Don't do that to me because it's not fair. Like, yeah. I've only just learnt the show and I'm just finding my character. And But that happens a lot. And that's just one of those things mm-hmm. now that I'm, I'm more prepared for and a bit more equipped for. So I try to make sure that I'm in a better place. Yeah. Um, you know, so that I'm not. And I, I do get tough. Really yeah. That's so hard. Do you find do you, do you find the pressure of uh, uh, again because like I only had it really with um, with Wicked because you, suddenly your name is above the title, so there's becomes a different pressure. Do you think like does it? Do you have a different outlook when you're uh, when people are coming to see you in a show? I mean, does it add that pressure, or do you just take it in your stride? Because they've seen you on the telly and then they, they, they come in to see Denise Van Out in Chicago or they're coming to see Denise. Or, or Do you take that or, or is it just... How do you deal with that? I don't know. I don't... I think I was probably more fearless when I was younger. I think as yeah. time's gone on, I've become more conscious of myself. and I'm tr- That's one thing I'm trying to conquer. Possibly a little bit to do with the fact, like I said, I stepped away for a bit of a period of time. So... I then I think my nerves tend to get to me a little bit more. I've tried. This was one of the reasons that I wanted to do this proud cabaret show was that I wanted to get my confidence back a little bit more and not have that feeling of like it's so funny, isn't it? Because I absolutely love performing. Yeah, it's what I live for. But then I'll be standing there about to walk on stage and I'll look at someone in the dressing room and go, why do I do this? Why do I do it? Why do I do it? Why do I put myself through this? I'm in the toilet every five minutes. I'm a bag of nerves. You know, I go out and do something, I come off and then I beat myself up over it thinking yeah. I was terrible. Yeah. Or, you know, I've hit a dodgy note or I've not held a note. Or, and I just think, why am I putting myself through it? Yeah. And then, I'll, and then I'll step away from it for a period of time and then I'll just really miss before we. Yeah, and I yeah. Go back and, but I try to, with this proud cabaret show, 
to not, I, I, that was the thing, a personal thing for me that I wanted to overcome. And I was thinking, I've got to stop doing this to myself and I've got to yeah. learn to love it and enjoy it. Because I'm very guilty of, yeah, thinking that there's a responsibility that comes with being known yeah. and people see you. And I feel really responsible for giving them a good performance. And then I become really hard on myself, which I shouldn't really do. That's but hard, I don't know. isn't it? It is hard, yeah. It's really hard. But I'm trying to overcome it. It's one of my big fears but I think it's that's crept in like I said but possibly just a lack of confidence because like I said I I just stepped away for a period of time I think with any job and it's not just what we do one of my best friends is a school teacher and she did exactly the same yeah. and then stepped back into the classroom and said she felt the same I was like can I still do this am I you know am I good enough now mm. it's yeah it's um it's a silly thing, really, because at the end of the day, we're just entertaining. It should be funny. <laughs> we love it. So well, why it do should. I Well, because we care. We'll be right back with Denise in just one moment. But if you have missed any of our episodes, just hit subscribe and you can go back and listen to them at your leisure. And don't forget to leave us a review. I've loved hearing all your comments and I'm sure you still have stuff to say. So just drop me a line. You can do all of that on the Apple Podcast Store. I care about what we do. Well, I guess the Mars Singer was then a, a bonus. Did that feel any different, or did it feel like you were still performing? Just you had a bigger costume on. Do you know what is the reason I took the job? That's the truth. Oh, really? Because when I sat with the producers, um, and they said what the show was, and I watched clips of it, and I had seen it in Australia because I'd been out there working on Neighbours, and I saw the Australian version, how big it was, and how much fun, and that everybody was loving it. I said to her, I'd quite like to do this because I do feel like you lose your inhibitions. You don't have to worry too much. You know, you can just enjoy the performance. And because it's a game show as well, so you have to try and sound a little bit different or, you know, do a slightly different accent on songs. And so I thought it'd be fun. But that definitely was one of the reasons I took the job because I felt that I had the mask. So it was quite nice to that's and it good. did it did help a little bit, yeah. It did give me a bit of my confidence back. It's weird, isn't it? Because I never thought I was always so. I'm a Sylvia Young kid, yeah. and I was like one of the kids at Sylvia's that did quite a lot of work when I was a kid. So I was super, super confident. Yeah. For a long time, I never. I used to breeze auditions. I used to walk in and just think, I can do this. Like probably to the point of, it maybe could would appear a bit cocky sometimes to mm. people. But I had so much confidence, and then it just suddenly just gradually disappeared and I don't know what happened it's weird I think I think you have that kind of resilience when you're young though and also you don't have the pressure of of it's similar thing if I walk into an audition now I guarantee we'll know most of the panel and that's I think it's more frightening than when nobody knows you because it's it's you've got nothing to prove have you and there's always the there's always the oh well I've done this job and this job and, and you've got to live up to their expectations which is which is so difficult it's really no but and then um, I hate auditions I'm terrible in auditions as well oh I'm horrible I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a great some people are really good at them aren't they but I'm just really not and I always just stand there thinking oh if you if, if I could have the job I know I could do it really well but I just oh, I hate audition situations but I don't know who does I don't know who does you know audition and enjoy it and really know you know know how that they do really well in it I don't know who well if they do (laughs) I don't know anyway terrific um because you've done so much um 
TV and film and telly and musicals. Do you have a preference? Do you have like a favourite part? Is do you enjoy performing shows more or? Do you know what? I, it's hard, isn't it? Because anything live, I love. So I do love even TV. As long as it's a live TV show, I still get a buzz from it. Yeah. And pre-recorded things, I tend to find. You know, I'm a bit ADHD. Well, not a bit, quite a lot ADHD. So I find it really hard to just focus. And if something's taking too long or goes, you know, that's why I know I would never really be good at doing film because yeah. you could spend like a whole day doing just two, three scenes on different camera angles. I'd be so bored. Yeah. Um, but I like fast-paced, quick-moving. Um, shows, for me, just live performance with an audience. I don't yes. think you can beat it. I, and as much as I... Like I said, it makes me feel physically sick, the adrenaline and the nerves. Yes, well, I get yes. out of it afterwards. But when, you, when you've done a really good performance or you know you've done well or you're really in it, there's yeah. a difference between just doing a show yeah. but getting into a character and being really in it, and you know that feeling. Yeah. There's no greater feeling. And yeah. you just buzz afterwards, like for ages, you're just on a high. It's the best feeling. I don't think you can beat that feeling no. for I'm sure it's the same in the music industry for people that are recording artists. If they do a, a gig and it's live, yeah. it's the same adrenaline and the same buzz. Um, that's what you live for and that's what you do it for. I'm like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Do, 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 how did you get on with um, with Tell Me On A Sunday? Because it was like your first, it's all about you. It's just you. You know, it's a big, it's a big responsibility. Did you have any, did you have any problems with it? Did you, like, did, how did you not lose your voice doing that? show constantly and just I mean I guess you had understudies as well but again no I didn't there was no understudy so I think they're going to see what they want to come and see you do the show so that's that's tough also it was rewritten because obviously it was a rip part of summer dance originally it was only a 15 minute piece so um Andrew and Don rewrote it so in the version that I did most of it's all very tailored about me and it was all based in, you know, very Essexy and the humour yeah. and the um, I don't. I did the show. I was very disciplined. I basically ended up doing it for ten months in the West End, and I never went out once after a show. I never used to talk during the day at all. I used to just yeah. steam. Um, never went out anywhere where it was noisy, and I just lived like a saint for ten That's months. That's the worst, isn't it? The talking. Um, the talking yeah. is the worst. Worst, and then your people would come and watch it afterwards and say, well, Should we go and get a bite to eat or go somewhere? And I was like, I can't, yeah. And I was really strict and I got through it. And I was only off for one period of time, which was, was my holiday, and that's when they then brought in an understudy because I'd never had one before that, yeah. But they, like, I said, I do need a break because I was only originally supposed to do the show for six weeks, oh my god, and it kept getting extended, and I ended up doing 10 months. Wow, um, so did you ever get sick great. though? I mean, did you ever kind of get was there any points that you thought I can't do this today I mean how am I going to get through this I loved it I absolutely loved it and again I was always going through heartbreak (laughs) I was going through (laughs) heartbreak and it was very therapeutic for me and and also during the time that I was doing the show I met someone and I'd started a new relationship and actually for that particular time he was really good for me because Mm. I was a little bit of a mess before I started the show, like just emotionally. And I felt like everything plateaued and I had this nice relationship with somebody who was being kind and caring and also was quite into his health and fitness. So I just had a really nice time doing the show. Yeah. uh, Which was nice 
considering I'd had a lot of chaos before. And obviously when I did Chicago, I was with a big cast of people who were brilliant, but I still managed to do the show and party a bit. So I would go out on a Saturday night, you know, and yeah. go to bed at 4am and, and it was all a little bit wild. Well, you know what West End shows can be like. <laughs> and the time that I did Chicago were like party animals. Wow. So even when we used to like go on to do the, you know, it was like Saturday night is the final yes. curtain for You could just feel the vibe of we're all going out tonight. Yeah. So I think it's... It's different when you're, it's just you though. And it's different yeah. on the response, depends on the responsibility of the show, doesn't it? I think yeah. if it's like Terminus Sunday, you've got nowhere to hide. You've got no, no company members to lean on or to that you support. You, it's just yeah. you, you know, it's you on the stage and that's it. And that's, yeah. you've got your band, I guess. But other than that, well, that's, that's it. That's why it was really nice when I did that. Cause it just felt, everything just felt really easy and breezy. And it was a nice time of year to do it. We started, I think like springtime you know, around about now and the weather was nice and I was I rented a flat near the theatre so I didn't have to do a big commute or anything and it was just lovely and I just really enjoyed it and I felt so healthy, so fit afterwards. But actually that was one of my favourite jobs for that reason but it was just re- a really nice job to do. And I was, you know, the weird thing was on the last night because obviously the band I'd become really close to but just that thing on the last night of thinking oh, I'm really sad, but I haven't got someone to share it with. So the following yeah. day, I have to ring a cast member and go, I've got the blues. I was just yeah. sort of on my own and thinking, it's quite weird, really. It is weird, isn't it? What do you, I mean, what do you do when, when, you, like, when you say, when you finish the show and, and you have that kind of, that come down, that after bit? What do you do? I find it a bit easier because I live out of London. So yeah. I tend to drive, because I don't ever drink or anything when I'm doing shows. I don't, have, I don't even have a drop or anything because you know it affects your voice. Mm. So I tend to drive. Um, so I have at least an hour in the car to just listen to like my radio and just calm myself down. Yeah. Um, you know, I've got a couple of friends to start late. Sometimes I bring a friend to have a chat. But again, just get home. Can't wait to take the makeup off, get into my slippers, get into my PJs. Yeah. <laughs> It's all changed. I mean, when I was doing Chicago, I'd have like an outfit ready for the night out. You know? <laughs> I've got my slippers at the ready in the car. As I'm driving along at the traffic lights, I've got, you know, makeup wipes, taping the makeup. Oh, that's brilliant, isn't um, it? Yeah, because so unglamorous, like, isn't it? It's very really funny. Yeah, I'm, and I'm like, I need to get to bed because I'm not going to be woken up in the morning, you know, when you've got kids. Yeah. I, it doesn't matter if you've done a show or not, you know, you're going to be They don't woken care. Up, so. <laughs> yeah, it's like straight in the morning, you know, straight onto the bed, like, What's for breakfast? I love that though because it normalizes it. I think it, 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 you know, you have that crazy experience at night, and then the, the following day you're straight in making breakfast, doing those normal things. And I, I kind of like that. Um, do you do you kind of choose? I think people often think that we we um, navigate our careers and we kind of go, oh, I'm going to do this job next and I'm going to do, I, I want to do this show, so I'm going to do that show next. And it's not really how it happens for a lot of actors. But because of how many different things and different things that you do, like presenting and all that, do you choose which which you want to do next? Or is it a case of what comes in, what, what you know, what if the phone goes? Or is it is it you kind of making a specific choice and navigating what's next? So I've navigated a couple of things in my career. Some things take me by completely by surprise that I'm not expecting, like doing Neighbours in Australia came out of blue. That wasn't part of the game plan. I just got a call to ask if I'd go and do um, a little bit. And then I went and then they asked me to do a bit more. So that became a bit of a longer term thing. I don't, um, the only things I've navigated was when I wrote my play for the Western, I did the Arts Theatre, 
Yeah. That was something that I wanted to do. Did um, you do that up in the Edinburgh Festival? Did you do that no, up in that, Edinburgh? No, that was something else that bombed. So that the Edinburgh Festival that was play wasn't written by me. It was by Jackie Clune. I think I saw that. It was all... Um, sorry, I shouldn't say that because Jackie's lovely, but it was awful. <laughs> Basically, we were in a situation where we were supposed to write what I ended up doing at the Arts Theatre. Right, OK. But we had very little time to do it. And the producer that we were working with, I, I said to him, can we find a tiny little room somewhere? Because I'd never really done the Edinburgh for a Fringe Festival. And I said, I wanted to go and just... He said, Fringe is all about trying things out. You don't get yeah. judged, you don't get reviewed. But, he, but no, I, I was naive. <laughs> and I went and did this thing. And I was like, Jackie, we'll have a bit of a laugh. We'll just do... And then they put me in the, one of the bigger venues, yeah. which like, I didn't really ask for this. Again, there was press there. And it was this, we hadn't even finished writing it. It was just like, a, a, it was meant to be like just a fun post-pub evening out thing. And it was being reviewed like it was a show. Oh. And it was, so after that, I was so mortified, as you know, when you have these situations. And of course, at the time, I didn't know, but I was pregnant. So I was sick as a dog when I was oh. in India. And couldn't go out at all because people were saying to me, oh, go to Edinburgh, it's so much fun. You do your show, you go out with every, all the comedians. Really and social, yeah. I was in bed by 10 o'clock every night, literally thinking I was going to throw up because I had morning sickness and just was so sick, not knowing that I was pregnant. And then after that, I think I just was so mortified that I thought, right, I need to write this wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when I then wrote my play that I did at the arts, which actually I'm really proud of and really loved and was what I wanted it to be. But that's the only time I've kind of navigated my career. The rest of it, they, things just pop up, don't yeah, they? And you never yeah. know what you're going to be doing now. And I never really know. Um, and also there are some things that I, I love to do, but never, you know, work or ha- it never happens. And, you know, you just, there are certain parts I've always wanted to play and I've never got to play them. And then you look and you go, oh, now I'm too old to play them. <laughs> yeah. You know? Oh, don't I ever. Um, yeah. is, is, there anything, um, is there anything that you haven't got or that you didn't get, like, that you really wanted and then it's worked out for the better because something else has come along? Um, for me, it's a Vita. I, I didn't get a Vita and then I, and then I got Wicked. So it was kind of, it, I, I was devastated, but it kind of worked out for the better. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, actually there was a couple of things that I've, more on the TV side, I think, rather than theatre. Yeah. I was asked to do, I used to be quite good friends with Bruce Forsyth, bless him, when he was TV. And I did a couple of shows with Bruce and Bruce said to me one day, um, dang. <laughs> I want to talk to you about this show that I'm doing for the BBC. And he said, it's ballroom dancing. And he said, I've got this great idea. He said that we would start the show, we'd do a little song and dance number together. You'd host it with me. It was Strictly Come Dancing. And I went to him and he said, we'll get celebrities, we're going to train them how to do ballroom. They'll learn to do Latin. And I went to him, ballroom? I couldn't think of anything more boring. And turned it down. And I said, and it was Strictly Come Dancing. Oh. Tested it. But... If I had have done that, then I wouldn't have done all the other things that I've of done. Of course, yeah. You know what I mean? I would have just done that and for many years. And You'd have been in really that. Painful, but I did a lot of theatre and I've yeah. done film. And, and So actually, it's for me, because I, because different for Tess, she does uh, presenting, but yeah. because you and I, we do other things, that would have pigeonholed me and it would have stopped me from doing of course, a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, Actually, for me, it was probably a good thing. But at the time, I remember I actually said to Bruce, I just went to him, that will never work. And he went, don't you think of us? I mean, so I just can't see it. I said, who's going to want to learn ballroom dance? Ballroom oh. 
And of course, then I did Strictly. Yeah. As a and you were brilliant. in love with ballroom. Oh, you were amazing. The, the very thing that I said was boring, I absolutely loved. Um, was, I, give, me, give me one, like your highest moment, your best, your best career moment, for whatever reason. If you um, have one. Yeah, there, there's, there's, there are a few moments, I think. I'm sure there's um, loads. I was trying to think of like, for me, like memorable moments that feel, you know, the evoke a happy moment. I probably not, it wasn't a big public thing, but when I did the tryout with Andrew at Sidmonton, um, um, Andrew's house, Andrew Weber's house, he's got a, a little theatre that he's got in his grounds, obviously. As you do. Um, as you do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, why not? And we did the tryout of Tell Me On Sunday. We'd been, I lived with Andrew for three months, pretty much, at his house. And we every day we worked on the show and we just did this little performance of it and he invited all his friends along. And that was really a really lovely day for me because wow. I was like, oh, this is quite amazing. Like just the fact that I'd been staying there and, you know, helped them create this show. That is incredible. That was, that was amazing. Um, what else? I think probably as well doing Legally Blonde. Oh, you were brilliant in that. I saw you do that. Amazing. I missed the first cast because I was pregnant. So, um, yeah, so when Sonia messaged me and said to me, would I do it? I couldn't do Paulette because I just, you know, I was obviously very, very early stages of pregnancy. Um, And then when I joined it on the second cast, we're still with Sheridan, who's amazing. Um, uh, I loved doing that. And I loved doing that for a very different reason because it was my first job being a mum. And actually doing different. a show and going home yes. and just seeing my baby was lovely, you know, like a really yes. nice feeling, just yes. thinking, oh, I get to go home now and have cuddles with my daughter. Yes. And I'd never had that before. I'd either gone home from a show either crying because I was, you know, going home alone or <laughs> had my heart broken or I was with a group of people. There was always there was always sadness around a lot of the other things that I did, you know, yes. even though they were yes. amazing grim things for me. There was a lot of sadness there and a lot of trying to fill my time of being with people because I felt like I didn't want to be on my own. Yeah. Uh, whereas with that, when once I'd had Betsy, I felt like I'm never going to be on my own again. Oh, please. that's lovely. And it was a nice feeling. I remember yeah. just getting in my little car and driving home and thinking, oh, I get to go and have cuddles. Oh, that's so nice. And yeah, it's so true. And, and it does yeah. balance things out. It kind of rationalises, yeah. you know, the crazy times. So uh, I guess the opposite to that, what, what would be the kind of toughest moment or your lowest point career-wise for whatever reason? Oh, I've had so many. (laughs) (laughs) I've done so many turkeys, it's unbelievable. (laughs) Um, I did a film called Run For Your Wife that was just like probably one of the worst films ever made. But lovely Ray Cooney, because it's a play, obviously, that was in the West End. He's lovely. Um, It was me, Danny Dyer, Sarah Harding, Neil Morrissey. Um, It was very, felt very thrown together. You know, Ray wanted the performance that you would get on a stage which obviously on film is too over the top and doesn't work. So it was full on cringe. But truthfully, when we were filming it, I thought it was going to be amazing. <laughs> so, because you just, I, because I think we all got on so well and it was such a good cast. Yeah, you're having a nice there time. It was a nice time, so I couldn't wait to see it. And then I sat and watched it and I just remember at the time, <laughs> I had this agent and she said to me, because I've had quite a few agents, <laughs> um, and she said to me, um, I said, oh, it's not good, is it? And she said, 
well, it's worse than that. She said, it's appalling. Oh. And, I, and then I was like, you, and then honestly, and then I went to her, am I really bad in it? And she said, you're terrible in this. Oh. And I just sat there and I thought, oh my God, I actually am really awful. It was like one of the worst things I've ever done. I don't think I've actually watched it as I've had. That's how oh. I went to the premiere and then got home and I just thought, I'm never watching this film again. But I've done so many turkeys. Edinburgh Fringe, again, was another thing for me that was a real low point because... Again, under-rehearsed, show that was so thrown together. We didn't even know what it was. I was meant to... I purely took the job because I thought I was going to go to Edinburgh for a month and, you know, have a bit of a jolly up. Nice, yeah. A load of comedian friends and just maybe go and do a quick half-hour show. <laughs> that is ruined for me because I felt sick as a dog and I've been completely panned by the critics. And I literally... I didn't even want to come out of my apartment. Oh, I literally sit in my apartment and hiding, thinking, oh, I've got to go and do this really awesome show now. Oh, it's amazing. You you know, what you deal with and and you still come out fighting and come up with some some brilliant shows and performances. You're amazing. You really are. Um, when things are really bad, like I always think, like when I did the film, I thought, well, rather than just feel destroyed, at least I can sort of go, well, whatever I do next is going to be better than this. <laughs> So I know I'm going to feel good again. You just got to get. I haven't had that long run of, you know, some actresses and some performers have a really sort of consistent run of really good solid work. I've never had that. <laughs> I've either had really good or really terrible. Oh, like yeah. there's no in between. It's just really weird. I don't. Um, some of it's probably my choices, um, and obviously because again, I like to be busy. So yeah. sometimes, like with the Edinburgh thing, I'll see that I've got a month gap in my diary and I go, oh, we've got to fill it. Yeah. So I'll, I'll fill it with something that's not right. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that I'm trying to learn is that just do the good things and choose the right things and don't always feel like you've got to be constantly busy. But again, I think that just comes from a work ethic of wanting to work. Yeah. I'm a grafter. You know, yeah. I like working hard. So we're nearly at the end, but I have to ask Denise one final question that I've asked all my guests. If you could look back at your 20-year-old self and give yourself one piece of advice, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? If I was to rewind, um, and I've thought about this a lot, what would I have done differently? I think I would have, I definitely would have, because I definitely had the confidence then, but I think I would have channeled it a little bit differently. And also, it's so easy to sit here and say now that I feel content and settled, but I think I I wish I'd have just focused a little bit more on myself instead of my relationships. And I think I sort of, I would have, I would wish that I could have just been more about me rather than trying to please other people. I was too much of a people pleaser, I think. And I think that had a massive influence on a lot of career choices and how I felt at certain points in my career. So I just wished I'd have loved myself a little bit more. Oh, that's so lovely. I hope you do now because it's you're I just do. awesome and, and we all love you. And oh, I can't thank you. thank you enough for doing this for me. And oh, I know that pleasure. lots of people are going to be really happy listening to this, especially like young, aspiring, you know, performers and actors. They're going to love listening to you. So um, thank you so much, Denise. Thank You've been you. amazing. And good luck. And hopefully we get out and get working soon. Oh, right. I love you. Thank you so much. Well, that's it for this season. Season one of Keep Calm and Carry On. I've had an absolute ball. Thank you so much for being with me on this whole crazy journey. 
I hope to be back in a few weeks' time with season two, with lots more guests, lots more chat. But I know a lot of you have been asking about my dear friend, Dr. May. And if you'll come on the show, well, as a little surprise, here's what he had to say when I said to him, Brian, if you looked back on your 20-year-old self and gave yourself a piece of advice, what would it be of how to keep calm and carry on? What would be the advice I would give my 20-year-old self? I would say realize your power realize that you actually do have power and you feel very small and very young and inexperienced and like you need to do what everybody tells you to do but in fact you do have the power to change your life and i never realized that i wish i had i wish i'd been more assertive and the way to exercise your power i think is to take big steps and not get stuck. The worst thing, if you get into a sticky situation, is to stay still. You have to somehow keep moving in your life. Now, I'm not very good at following my own advice, but I think you have to take, think and think, yes, but eventually you have to take a step, and you have to take a big step, not a tentative step. And if it's the wrong step, you can probably step back at some time in the future or make a different step but make a step put yourself in in the situation that you're visualizing or dreaming of and um exercise your power because you do have the power i wish i'd known that well that really is it for this season oh it's been absolutely brilliant thank you so much for being with me i'd like to thank denise van alton for chatting to us today and all my guests that have been so generous with their time it's been so much fun and i can't wait to get back in the studio and chat to more people and bring you a whole list of exciting new guests for season two we're only going to be away for a couple of weeks so hang on in there And tell your friends if they've missed the episodes already. Tell them. I'm sure they can catch up quickly and be ready for season two, just like you. I want to thank my lovely producer, Martin. He's just been an absolute dream putting this all together. I couldn't do this without you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, of course, to you, our listeners. Well, it's been lovely to have you with us, and I can't thank you enough. So... I shall see you very, very soon. And in the meantime, just keep calm and carry on. 